It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm told there's breaking news out of the gate, and I don't know what it is yet. I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and I refused to tell Sam the breaking news to make him overrate it. I'm Arif Hassan with Pro Football Network. As soon as Luke said there was breaking news, I checked Twitter, and technically it is breaking news. <laughs> Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. Just tell us. I'm dying in here. Who is it? What's going on? You'll find out after this on the Minnesota Football Party. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. It's training camp report day eve, and we are excited about it. You're on Locked On Sports Minnesota, the Minnesota football party, back on a Monday. The full four-man crew is here. I'm Sam Ekstrom, Luke and Luke, Arif Hassan, talking Vikings football for the next 45 minutes to an hour or so. Plenty to get to. Mr. Mankato predictions, the Jordan Addison speeding fallout, training camp sleepers. We're going to touch on all of that, but first... LeBron, I love something as much as Sam loves that noise. Uh, <laughs> Get that in your life. Should we play it again? Inject that in my face. <laughs> you we can have? play it as much as you want. Uh, the Vikings have signed a free agent, the one we've all been waiting for. Uh, tight end and long snapper Colin Thompson, who's been in Carolina for a few seasons before that was in the initial run, the 2020 run of the XFL, as well as the AAF, and uh, was actually in the league for a couple years before that. So he's been around a little bit, 29-year-old tight end, long snapper hybrid, and he responded to the Adam Schefter tweet himself with the Snoop Dogg gif going, who? This was worth a Schefter bomb? Now I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah. The vibe is good. The vibe is good. Show. That's a great vibe. Him and Nick Muse are going to have a ton of fun. Oh, yeah. That's the threes on t- in the tight end room. <laughs> uh. okay, carrying on the tradition of Josiah Price, by the way, tight end slash long snapper. Yeah. David Moore. He has no stats in the NFL, but he's Perfect. been in the league for like well, six years. He's got a also, touchdown, didn't he? He I, was out of the league because he was doing spring leagues for a couple of years. I do want to appreciate the fact that Luke Braun called the 2020 XFL the initial run of the XFL. I, cor- I corrected myself. I said initial run <laughs> or the 2020 run because I forgot <laughs> for a second. <laughs> um, now, the Vikings still do have a roster spot available, right, Braun? You've, you've been all over this. Thank Junior you. Aho is exempt because he's an international so, signee. Oh, I have a question about this. So when I was looking it up, I thought the exemption only applied after cutdown day um towards the practice squad does it, it no. like 
so it applies in the so then if that's the case why did the vikings cut someone before signing this free agent why have the vikings been persistently at 90 if they can have 91 because when i looked at it it wasn't very deep but when i looked it up it seemed like the only exemption people were talking about was a practice squad exemption which of course doesn't exist until after cut down day it's uh, the answer is Dennis Ryan retired and they just don't know how to get a 91st jersey i think they don't have the the <laughs> means to, they to lost get that the 91st phone jersey. number yeah the- <laughs> Dennis Ryan took uh, all the trade secrets with him you might be right i am going off of uh, a Ben Gessling clarifying tweet about this. So I assume that he just asked someone. Uh, I don't know why they never like had a true full roster, but I guess nothing's making you have a full 90 if you don't have a 91st guy you actually want, I guess. John Reed was really not in their good grip. Hey, we Man, can ask you. Rough. We can rough, you, but yeah. we're not. We're not. Um, we are going to talk too about bottom of the roster later in this show, because I would say in the past that like been a couple guys, I would say Chad Beebe, Dan Chisena, Chisna, whatever you called him. I would say they were at one point like the 88th guy on the roster and they made the team. So we're going to focus on the sleepers later in the show, but uh, let's clean up the Jordan Addison stuff and then get into our Mr. Mankato predictions. Jordan Addison, we softly reported this on Thursday and credit to Bill Enright, who People were skeptical about him. People were doubting insane. His report. How dare you make up news that hasn't been corroborated? He was hours ahead of anybody else on this. All the major news outlets. uh, He had it right. And down to the vehicle. um, Lamborghini. That's right. Yeah, he had the vehicle correct, too. Yeah, 140 miles an hour. And I drove drove that stretch Friday night, too, with just, you know, that in mind. Scary. as a, as a report, did you do it three seventeen a.m. though? It was no, it was a little earlier, but I still have a hard Ooh. time imagining that that stretch is free of traffic or cars at that hour. I mean, that there's a lot of people leaving a downtown area still after bar closed, right? Like, I, I it's a very I, I dangerous would, situation. I think intuitively correct, but like watching the video, that no, there was virtually no one on that road. The uh, the traffic stop video, yeah, he obviously slowed down at that point yeah he's clearly not going 140 in that video yeah yeah yeah. i don't know how you catch a guy who's going 140 even if you're like an officer who probably has trained to drive that fast i still don't know how you you know catch up and uh citation them but it's kind of a lose-lose credit to addison as soon as he saw the lights he slowed down yeah he did that's true incident free yeah incident free uh he did go to the left and not all the way over to the right but you know, which also spawned uh, its own set of social media arguments. People were <laughs> it did raring not, did to go. It really? Yeah, of course it did. Well, I mean, personally, I also thought it was weird that he that he stopped on the left instead of the right. I would have uh, stopped on the right, as is like the practice they teach you. But like right. to make apparently, a thing of it. Yeah, apparently that's like if if you're on a multi lane road and you're closer to the left or if it's like easier to get to the left they're like just go to the left apparently like that's the way to do it that makes sense i'm just saying that's what my driver's school taught me it would not shock me if they taught me the wrong thing for the sake of simplicity um but <laughs> the the fact that wait like it's for 16 year olds right the fact that like that spawned its own argument the amount of mad you're allowed to be um spawned an argument uh, I, it just it felt like such a weird incident to draw 
so much fan base ire, right? And any pushback on it, people just assumed you're defending someone who went 140 in a 55, right? Like, like this is crazy. The number matters, right? Like, I think there there is yes. speeding, then there's jo- like joyriding, and then there's something that's totally like this is probably a little beyond that in most people's perception. Fast and the that, furious, yeah, this yeah. Is nuts. Just like no one's on the road, I'm gunning it. Like someone put out the the stopping distance calculator. If you made a decision to break in one second. And it still is longer than a football field. So it, it, there is insane. there's danger there. And credit credit to him for not having anyone in the car and not being intoxicated. But that also means you made a sober minded decision just by yourself just to do that. Like that Another also doesn't round of discourse look, you're springing look, up. Look good to you. I, I, <laughs> people people will vehemently disagree with you, <laughs> like angrily. It's amazing. <laughs> 52 it's a lose-lose for Addison than... and a lose-lose for us talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, like, I've never seen a story this minor generate this much fervor. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. And, like, the, and the thing is, like, people have made comparisons, right? People talk about, like, a comparison to Henry Ruggs, which I think is wildly inappropriate for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. People have made a comparison to Jalen Carter, which is more appropriate, but not really the same. But that one, I think, makes a lot more sense. Um, but, like, we've seen players engage in ludicrous speeding before. on the Vi- Adrian Peterson, like, on the Vikings, right? Yeah. Um, and not generate this kind of pushback. So I was, I was very surprised. And me expressing that surprise was also evidently me saying it's not that big a deal. Um, it is, like a thing that people should be upset about. The Vikings should be upset about it. I saw some people mention that, um, you know, this, whatever state issued his driver's license should suspend it, which uh, fair. That makes sense to me. That's, that's like reckless. Um, you know, that the is length, the protocol. Yeah. In Minnesota for that. Um, the uh, like, the, and that all makes sense. Right. And you know, the, the length to which is, uh, you know, he should have his license suspended. I don't know, but that, that all makes sense to me. You know, being upset with that makes sense to me. Treating it like it's like a catastrophic indictment of the team is like wild to me, especially because they drafted Ed Ingram last year. First mm-hmm. of all, like mm-hmm. they, like crazy yeah. that that would be that yeah. speeding again, much more than normal speeding. I don't want to like downplay mm-hmm. how it can be dangerous. <laughs> you have to hedge it so hard because people will get so crazy it's when you're like very upsetting. But yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we know it was a lot. Everyone knows that. But Calm down. A, there is a substantial difference between engaging in behavior that is risky, right? That has the potential to do harm and engaging in behavior that does harm, right? Like that's the, mm-hmm. just two different categories of morality, right? Uh, and then there's also like the the escalating factor of, you know, driving drunk, which I think people seem to think that like the problem with driving drunk is the way people have talked about it, obviously, this is not what people actually think. But the way people talk about it is like the problem with driving drunk is that it makes you unable to decide whether or not you should go fast. And it's like, no, the issue with driving drunk is that every millisecond involved in the driving process is more dangerous because you do not have the ability to make quick judgments or uh, make good judgments. Right. So not only are your judgments delayed, but they're also poor judgments. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it, it magnifies the risk in substantial ways beyond just speeding. Uh, and also, I don't think the one second 
the distance calculator, that's a really important tool because that like really helps people understand how dangerous it was. I don't know if one second is the appropriate kind of reaction time thing that that we should kind of gauge that. I don't think it's necessarily accurate. Um, but to use that example, the difference is is probably between half a second and one and a half seconds, given, you know, depending on your level of sobriety and stuff like that, mm-hmm. for that kind of braking speed and braking distance and, and whatever, right? And so, um, yeah, you know, he, he demonstrated poor judgment while sober, which is eyebrow raising, maybe. But like, the problem with driving drunk is not that once you get in a car, you make a decision to go fast. It's that every single op- opportunity you have to make a decision, which I remind you, is mm-hmm. for every fraction of a second that you're driving uh, is made worse and massively magnified. And that was one of the issues with Henry Rux, right? It's not only that he drove fast and he did drive faster than Addison did on a street that is less capable or less built for it, that has more stops, right? Correct. Um, um, but he also did it while he was drunk. Like there was just a number of things that, ma- and he had a passenger. There are a number of things that magnified what Henry Ruggs did, which is why he, it, it's not just because someone died, although that clearly, you know, escalates things in the eyes of the law, but he would have gone through a trial process and potentially face prison time for the series of decisions that he made, whether or not somebody died. And he has never demonstrated, I shouldn't say never. Um, he has not demonstrated the kind of remorse that you would hope someone in his situation would, um, probably for legal reasons. Like it's, I understand that there's like a, he has to protect himself sort of thing. Um, but like, for example, his lawyers have consistently pushed back the court date. They've argued that, you know, you should not be able to introduce his blood alcohol content into evidence. Um, it's just a substantially different situation than what Jordan Addison did. And so I think having the appropriate reaction to major speeding, I guess is like a difficult thing because it's like, we can't treat it like it's just speeding, but we also can't treat it like he went out to harm people or made decisions that were so catastrophically bad that harming someone was a, a very likely outcome. Like there's, there's levels. Yeah. I, I don't think it's responsible to, to take, a reckless driving charge, which I think is a better thing to call it than a speeding ticket. Yeah. A, a reckless driving. And that's charge. what he's charged with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's responsible to like take that and then inflate it to this reflects poorly on the Vikings judgment. Like it's not that. Yeah. That doesn't even make sense. Why did this one get so magnified? Is it because we're just at that point in the off season where there's nothing to talk about? So this I think that's it. I think, it's, I think part of it is that he said, let's get paid in the draft. And people Maybe think it's like, okay, everybody's thoughts? gearing back up for football again. And, you know, a little bit more keen and aware their antennas are out. Oh, here's a great juicy see, story. Let's go off on this. Or do you think there was a part of it where some people were already a little frustrated or he was kind of rubbing some fans, let's just say the wrong way so already? I, 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 the- I think that plays a role. I will say if you ask people, they won't tell you the because if you ask right, people, they're yeah. just like right. a lot of people, you know, have experienced, you know, deaths because, you know, uh, have experienced deaths among their acquaintances or their family because uh, of speeding. And, and, you know, that I yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry. But is that is it more likely the case now than it was three years ago? That I find really difficult to to like process or believe, especially because. I mean, we just did not treat players who engaged in this level of because like this is not the first time a player's gone 140 and a 55 and gotten caught and it got put on a on a speed. Yeah, game. like this just happens. Right. It sucks. It shouldn't happen. I'm not saying that like 
we should absolve players because it happened. What I'm saying is like it is an unusual level. And I think, Luke, to your to your question, I think a lot of it is that it's right before training camp. So it's literally the longest possible distance that we've had since real NFL news has happened since the draft. Like you could not have this happen any later. Um, I think that uh, some people, I guess, were rubbed the wrong way by Jordan Addison, which to me was very, very surprising. But then I saw like a bunch of people talk about it. And I, I like it just feels like people like getting mad at the let's get paid mm-hmm. statement just makes it feel like you've never seen a player interview ever in your life before. Like let's get paid is very yeah. clearly just let's do as much damage as possible yeah. to the rest of the league. That's right? a revisionist be, take to be upset yeah. at that is revisionist. Yeah. Hopefully people were right. very mad on the night. It was wild. Help serious. Oh my God. It was insane. Yeah. But it's oh, very, yeah. but it's very clearly like we should both get 2000 receiving yards. Like that's obviously yeah. what right. it was. Right. And like the idea that it got translated into money is just, that's just how, players talk like i don't like i don't know what to tell you that's not like a selfish he can't negotiate his contract for four years right like <laughs> i don't know what to tell you about, it's not that he's just like a, a there's money gotta be like whatever. A, there's gotta be like an offbeat radio show that's just harping on this every day or something because it's way too prevalent for this to be like organic yeah it's, someone got it's mad wild. that he wore that he wore what was it pink or whatever yep I oh think. yeah in the he shade. wore something flashy yep. that's yep. And from like people there, have this expectation like... of, of athletes. I see this with Wolves stuff all the time, too. Like people have this expectation that athletes are supposed to be like consummate professional drones. Like they're showing up to a nine to five every day and they're not supposed to say a it's single word. Put your head down and shut up and dribble. And it's mm-hmm. like these are people are just as much humans as you are. It, it, they yeah. just the... have a way bigger spotlight on them. And you are exposed to this much of their life, this tiny fraction yeah. of who they are, yeah, what right, their thoughts like, are and what they have to say. The, then like, you the you as after well as you think you, leave, you do. Like, they're playing an emotional game. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, after you they go and plug five, themselves in and, and go into like a deep sleep overnight. They don't actually yeah, have. You just zip up. Um, but like, yeah, after you leave your nine to five or it's like a Friday night and you go out to drink, no one is like, Hey man, have you thought about Inatech? Have you thought about how this reflects <laughs> on Inatech? <laughs> have like, have you thought like that is, that is, did, does that suit have pinstripes on it? That is flashy. You're not going to wear you that, thought, are you? Have you thought about how this reflects on Inatech? I cannot believe you. And then, All and the then you file representing tonight. a report within a tech with, of course, you know, a cover sheet. Right. Um, yeah, it just seemed like people were looking for something to pick on after that. that and it wasn't everybody. It wasn't the entire fan base or media. It was just a certain group of people. But it was just like, oh, now he's not healthy for rookie minicamp. And now he's going to be behind the eight ball all season. And he didn't do himself any favors now with this. But this is just kind of the cherry on top. I think you're right, Arif. I think the timing of this just a week before training camp had that long, slow off season here, the summer abyss, right? It just happened to be one of those things where people are starting to gear back up for football. And then this happens. So I I will say this before we close out. Sorry, Sam. I just have so many thoughts on this kind of thing. Um, Is that it, this is like the kind of thing that like is not consistent over time. Like people will lose that belief if the player plays well. Why do I know this? Because People care way more and have been much more passionate about Deion Sanders than they've ever been about Champ Bailey, than they've ever been about Darrell Rebus, right? Mm-hmm. They care way more about Deion Sanders. They care more about Randy Moss than they do Jerry Rice, and that's not just a recency thing, 
right? They care more about Randy Moss than they do about Terrell Owens. And that's just not because not just because I'm in Minnesota. They do. And Terrell Owens was not not flashy, right? Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson was like a very good receiver. He was never an all pro receiver. But the way people talked about him, interacted with him was like he was an all pro receiver, right? Like Chad Johnson is never getting into the Hall of Fame. That's not a knock on him. But the way that people talked about him and enjoyed his stuff and became fans of him was as if he was destined for the Hall of Fame. People followed Antonio Brown much more than they followed uh, Julio Jones, right? Or Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, we all respect Larry Fitzgerald. Everyone respects Larry Fitzgerald. But how many people are super fans of Larry Fitzgerald? So like over like this stuff washes away over time and people just flip onto the other side of it. As soon as a player has a distinct enough personality that you can kind of parasocially kind of just glom onto or attach yourself to. And that applies whether or not the thing that the player does is morally objectionable. Yeah. Like you could do something real bad, score two touchdowns on my fantasy team, and I'm going to stop talking about it. One hundred, <laughs> and that's the hypocrisy of it. And I yeah. would even say the other way. Like I would say that, you know, Ed Ingram has been accused of some more morally objectable stuff, and he went through a really awkward opening press conference. And really, I think after that, I think people were just kind of moved on to football. Like whether that's right or wrong, I think people are. And Dalvin Cook, he had red flags coming in, you know, from college and stuff in his past. I think people moved on from that too. And then there was another incident in 2021. People moved on from that mentally, right? And in the in the discourse, like this stuff mm-hmm. does fade and unfortunately is very related to performance too. And Jordan Addison has no performance to, to fall back on. And he has really no personality to fall back on either. And like, I get it. The first impressions haven't been good, but they're all independent. Like, okay, bad press conference. He's shy, nervous, doesn't know how to you know play to the cameras yet. He's injured. Okay. He might actually be injured, people. Like, that might not be a, a, a personal flaw. And then, obviously, record. No, injuries are always a personal flaw. It's You're just yeah. not tough enough. Well, I could, I, yeah. I could make it. Didn't want to go there, but yeah, it. you're yeah. right. You're right. 100% right. Um, not, no, that, not only will, like, the vendetta go away, though, when the guy goes off for two touchdowns and a buck 80 and 12 catches, but the script is flipped. And it's like, that dude's got that dog in him. He yeah, way, yeah. Right? that's what I've been saying. He's gonna. You got to be a little bit insane. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about training camp sleepers, Mister Mankato predictions coming up after I tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook. Training camp report day eve is today, but hey, baseball still in full swing. You can bet the Twins tonight. They're minus one oh eight against the Seattle Mariners coming off a sweep of the White Sox. You can bet that game, money lines, run lines, and all baseball games at FanDuel Sportsbook right now. New customers get 10 times their first bet amount in bonus bets back. That's right, 10 times their first bet amount in bonus bets back. So bet 20, get 200, whether you win or lose. That's free money in your pocket. Put that on MLB. Put it on the 3M Open coming up this weekend in the Twin Cities. Or maybe there's some juicy NFL future bets that you can make. Uh, do that at FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Claim those $200 in bonus bets today. FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right. We were having some fun before the show. Going back in time, remembering... Mr. Mankato's of the past. And we give the hat tip to Score North for being the originators of this contest, which has now taken on a whole uh, new life of its own. But past winners, some great names in here. 
Brandon Dillon, 2019. Kyle Stud. Sloter, 2018. Tayshon Bauer, uh, 2017. Jaron Curse, 2016. And then how about this one, two punch? Diggs in 15 and Thielen in 14. And for those that are uh, uninitiated, this is sort of the breakout unsuspecting player of camp. So high draft picks don't count. Established players don't count. Um, and today we're going to nominate our favorites for this award. But man, some some flubs in there, some guys that became nothing and some hits, some real uh, stud muffins in that mix as well. There's definitely some years where like the offense was just like really bad in camp and we were you just kind of had to pick someone. <laughs> we're like, I don't know, Brandon Dillon. Yeah. Yeah. Marion Flash, you had a nickname. Yeah, he had a nickname, and that was kind of the only exciting thing that happened on offense that whole camp. <laughs> yeah, if you had if you had asked me like who won in 2019 or who won in was it 2020 was when Cam Dancer was drafted. I don't think I would have gotten that correct. Cam Dancer, by the way, won it in 2020, which is yeah. the first of my objections to Mr. Mankato. We should not include third round picks. But um, yeah, it's just like sometimes you're just like, yeah, I don't know. But like 2015, yeah, it had to be Diggs, right? 2014, it had to be Thielen. I think it was pretty obvious because um, that was like the first. Um, I should say it's the first time I like very seriously started covering the Vikings, but it was the first time I had like a fairly large enough audience that people could track what I was doing. And also mm -hmm. I happened to be very deeply covering the Vikings. And so that experience I'm always going to remember because I had arguments about Adam Thielen with a bunch of people. Right. Um, so that's going to be very easy for me to remember, but like a camera dancer, I don't think I would remember that. Now who would I have picked in 2020? I don't remember who's on that roster. So I don't know what to tell you the answer, but, but it, that one just seems pretty odd. And then Brandon Dillon, that's just, I did really Dude, like it. If you camp. were to tell me, I did. Uh, uh, you know, That's in it. 2021, so two years ago to the day, right? Like the week going into training camp that Brandon Dillon was going to win Mr. Mankato over Zach Davidson, I would have lost my mind. Zach Davidson Zach had Davidson. probably had the most hype going in. I'm sure that was probably my pick, actually, to win uh, Mr. Mankato was Zach Davidson. He was everybody's sexy pick that year in 2021. I know it wasn't mine because I was being arbitrarily contrary. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> You remember <laughs> that tracks. Brandon Dillon was <laughs> Dylan was a member of the field. He didn't even have his own odds that year. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um. So we don't have I don't the think odds I've ever yet. The field. <laughs> Chris Long, um, KSTP. Usually he's got the odds on this, but we're going to come out and uh, and put our predictions on record before training camp report day. Uh, Inman, I got I got to keep you to one. You only get one, okay. um, so you're gonna have to lock it in. Okay. Uh, if you want to talk about some of your honor, you know your candidates, that's fine. But mm -hmm. God, it's gotta limit you to one. So Luke, that's fair. Take, kick us off, Spinman. Who you got? And I had three guys written down, but I'll just jump right to it here. Uh, you came on the show, I think it was, gosh, right after OTAs, and you said this guy was catching everything in sight. The momentum from last year's Green Bay game to now steadily gotten better and better talking about Jalen Naylor. And I think when it comes to just being a better, more polished wide receiver with the route running and the hands and all that, I think he's already got the edge on Jalen Rager for that wide receiver four spot right now. And I think he's just going to go out there, keep making some splash plays in practice, get a lot of votes, not to mention He's probably going to get some reps at punt returner as well, just to sweeten the deal. So I had two other names written down. I'll throw them in my honorable mentions. I'll save them for after you guys go. But he's my pick if I had to put money on it, even if he is one of the favorites when it's all said and done, which when Chris Long comes out with his odds, I'm sure Jalen Naylor is going to be mm -hmm. in that top three when it comes to being a favorite. 
I think you're right. Arif Hassan. All right. Um, I, I feel like this one is just going to be fairly consistent with the way that I've talked about this player throughout the course of the offseason, Dwayne McBride. Um, I don't know that there's going to be an enormous role available for him or anything like that during the regular season, but he is the kind of player that I expect would look pretty good in a preseason environment. And that's part of, of the competition. It's not just making the roster, although I believe that is a requirement, um, which, by the way, Brandon Dillon, I think, made the roster for one day, so that was bittersweet. <laughs> um, but uh, you have to make the roster, and I believe that he will, but it's not just that. I, you have to generate hype and buzz in camp, and I think that it's difficult for a running back to do that because like, everyone scores 60-yard touchdowns in camp, but in the preseason – you've got a real opportunity to, to to make a splash. And I think given the fact that the starters never play under uh, O'Connell in the preseason, I don't know about never, but you know what I mean, right? Uh, that we've got, we've got a lot of carries available for somebody like McBride. So I'm going to pick him. Um, I'm confident that like my honorable mentions will be very similar to, to Spinman's. Bron, I feel like those are the two going to be the two favorites. Chalk. Yeah, um, I think those would probably be the two guys I would have picked, but in the interest of uh, going a, a different way. Okay, Najee Thompson, we'll give him two. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, I agree with Arif that I don't think third-round picks should be uh, eligible, but they are, though. But once they uh, are, and... okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> so right. I'll just take Makai Blackman, who's starting with the ones, and I feel like if nobody else, re- like if nobody has a huge breakout and becomes the story of camp, which happens sometimes, like sometimes everybody just kind of does what they're expected to do, then it feels like you're going to go with, oh yeah, the guy that got a starting job, I guess. So I'll take Makai Blackman. How, how does this guy fall in my lap? So the the running backs are going to cannibalize each other. The wide receivers, there's a ton of them. They're going to cannibalize each other. Who's going to be throwing him the ball? That works. Like a wide receiver's won it half the time. Who's going to be throwing? <laughs> this is the only time we've ever been able to like get excited about this for a Mr. Mankato. Jaron Hall is going to win. Jaron uh, Hall. Who's going to create man? buzz? The quarterback. Uh, why? Why would a Jaren. quarterback have won it? They've all been like second round picks or bad. Those like, like Luke. <laughs> why would a quarterback win it? <laughs> did Sam's did right. This ever is get the it? first. No, he Slaughter did win it. Slaughter did. He win did it. win it. Okay. Slo- yeah. Slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. But um, well, yeah. Other than it's James Hall. Vandenberg, right? Like, which quarterback right. was going to win it? Right. Now we may have taken the four likeliest favorites. Um. So honorable mentions. Let's get some uh some sleepers in there. Inman, who you got? That Arif? defensive line rotation wide open outside of Tonga, the nose tackle position specifically super thin. I think Traquellen Roy could be the next guy in line in that rotation. He's over 300 pounds. Plus the fact you guys mentioned he already got reps with the ones too. So that's a great sign. And just knowing he's going up against, okay, so let's see, even if he's with the ones, all right, going up against pretty weak, soft interior offensive line, just in general. I just like someone from this defensive line rotation in general to make some noise, throw a dart up there, pick somebody's name from a hat. But I think Jaquellen Roy has a good shot to be one of those guys. Um, I, I just feel like the two undrafted that got all the money are pretty obvious honorable mentions here. Andre Carter and um, Ivan Pace. I just feel like um, if either of them make the roster and then make one or two plays in the preseason, that I'm not going to say it locks them in, but it gives them such a great... And there's a lot of room available for them to be able to make the roster too. I don't think anyone is 
you know, overly impressed with the edge talent here that we've got for depth. I don't think anyone is super impressed with the linebacker depth. Um, so like if Troy Dye gets cut for Ivan Pace, I don't think anyone would be like, wow, I never saw that coming. In fact, I'm writing a 53 man right now. Both of them make it right. And so um, I think it's very possible that either of them make the roster. And then if one of them makes the roster, I, I think that gives them a really good chance unless Makai Blackman just like goes off in the preseason or Dwayne McBride has two sixty yard runs, which is not really his game, but just work with me. Um, then yeah, I, I just feel like, you know, an undrafted free agent rookie making the roster. Um, once you, once th- those are all givens, they're like a 70% chance to win the award. I want to go way off the wall here. Uh, and bring up Lucky Jackson, who was completely out of football before the XFL. He came out out of Western Kentucky in 2020 during the pandemic. And like nobody went to that pro day because it was literally like four days after everything shut down. And he always felt like he kind of got overlooked because of that. And he never got an, any opportunity, not so much as a rookie minicamp invite. Like he always felt like, man, I just need to get some eyeballs on me and I can do it. And he went to the CFL and like Spring League and all these random things. Uh, not until he got to the XFL where he broke out and became one of the best players in the X, one of the best receivers in the XFL. And now he's got this, uh, this opportunity. If you're looking for a breakout star, we totally didn't see coming. That might be a place to look. I would look in that same vein of backup receiver to Thayer Thomas. And again, skeptical because I think there, there's so many that they're like Malik Knowles, Garrett Mogg, Thayer Thomas, Tristan Jackson, Lucky Jackson, I'm probably forgetting a couple. There's just so there's so many options that I worry will be hard for one to stand out. Um, but I think Thayer Thomas just has a high floor as a pass catcher. And I liked I have a slight advantage because I got to watch him in OTA's minicamp as well. I liked what I saw, but he was productive for five years at NC State. It wasn't like he, you know, did nothing. He's probably 23, 24 years old, might have a better handle on on learning a playbook. So I just think that he's going to kind of be an easy guy to have chemistry with in the second half of a preseason game. Nice little fallback option on, on third down and five. So I'm going to go Thayer also friend of the Ron Johnson show. Big fan, big fan. Um, We're going to talk bottom of the roster after I uh, remind folks that we're partnered with Sirius XM, the SXM app. You can find all the Locked On Sports Minnesota programming there, as well as the hometown broadcast, like the Twins games. Listen to Corey Provis tonight at 6.40 p.m. as the Twins take on the Mariners. And hey, subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota as well. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Sirius XM app, Amazon Fire, Roku, all of the above. Find our shows, the Ron Johnson Show, Minnesota Sports Rankum, and of course, the Minnesota Football Party. All right, um, we've talked some sleepers, Mr. Mankato, uh, candidates, but I'm looking to the very bottom spots, 86 through 90, like the bottom five on the roster. Um, who do we think those people are? And can any of them emerge? Could any of them be the next Dan Chisena, the next Chad Beebe to actually make the Minnesota Vikings roster? Let me present my five. And then you guys can, uh, can tell me if I'm wrong or present your five as well. So here, here would be my five at the moment. Uh, Benton Whitley, Najee Thompson, Luke Braun's uh, man crush, Jackie Chen, Junior Aho, and Cephas Johnson. 
the these converted... are all guys you have making the 53? No, no, no. These are my bottom, <laughs> okay. my no, bottom five. It. Locked in. These are breakout all players. Finished. Bottom five on the roster. Um, if I were to circle one, though, that could make this team. Jackie Chen? I think I think we're looking for some interior depth, some offensive line um, help. I would go with Jackie Chen as a kind of – we don't know anything about him, right? There's bias against him because we don't know – he comes from D3, Braun? Pace. D2. What, what level of college is that? I actually don't know. Yeah, pace. Nobody knows. Small um, school for sure. <laughs> so yeah, the lack of information bias, but yeah, I would I would circle him. But that's my bottom of the roster. Bron, who do you have? Bottom of your roster. Um I Jackie Chen definitely feels like one there. He's somebody that like scouts have been like, I don't know if this dude can play, but he's got a crazy body type. So I guess let's see what he's got. Like that kind of feels like the end beginning and end of the evaluation. <laughs> um I was going to say, I, I think Lucky Jackson, when you get in XFL guys, they tend to be the guys that, you know, get cut at the, when, when you're signing someone or at the, like that first yeah. round where you're cutting five people. Um, I was going to go with somebody like maybe Jalen Williams or Theo Jackson uh, or mm-hmm. someone like Garrett Mogg. Um, was that five? Did I name five? Five-ish, yep. Yeah, I feel like somebody like CJ Colden or Jalen Williams, maybe, I mean, those guys are just fast. So maybe that's enough and they can put something else together. Uh, there are a lot if, of if anonymous gonna... corners on this team, too. Like, in addition to yeah. the guys that are already, you know, we don't even know if they're good and they're probably going to start. There's also a lot of yeah. guys who we don't know at all, like Jalen Williams, Talon Barnes, Tay Ga- yeah. Talon Barnes, Tay Gowan. CJ Colden. Yeah. There, there There's a lot so of filler bodies. guys for yeah. a group that had like three people in March in the whole room. <laughs> so you kind of had to fill it out with like whoever you could find. And they cut I, Najee John Thompson, Reed. I think is a, is a, is a pick for this. Cause he's not here because he played good corner. He played corner for two years. He was a wide receiver convert and he's not here cause he's particularly athletic. So it's like, he has to be here for special teams, which is a disadvantage he has on everybody else that at least did play good corner at some point in college. Bron, you mentioned, hey, this guy's got a crazy body type. Let's just see if the dude can play. Calvin Avery, the nose tackle from Illinois, UDFA, yeah. obviously. Nothing to lose here. Great position, though, as far as like just a clear path for playing time. Getting just a volume of reps going, too. Uh, I kind of mentioned with Jaquel and Roy, but like Avery's in the same boat as far as just mm-hmm. not a lot of competition behind Tonga. Got the size, six foot one, three forty seven. At six yeah. foot one, just I an absolute that. brick. So just a classic old school nose tackle. Soak up those blocks, open up some stuff for the players around you. Somebody's got to win that backup nose tackle job. And who knows? Maybe they want another guy in that mix as well by the time it's all said and done. Avery could surprise some folks, get some run with the twos before camp is over. Arif, how's your you're muted, by the way. How's your knowledge of the uh the eighty-sixth guys on the Vikings roster now that you're a national writer? Uh, very poor. I'm going to pick <laughs> the guys that did not show up on the consensus board among the undrafted rookies. So this will give us some idea, right? So, for example, Alan Ali um, ranked significantly higher than Jackie Chen, but both of them significant kind of doesn't matter once you're past 300. But, you know, Alan Ali was like 380 something. Jackie Chen was like 680 something. Right. So like that's something to kind of keep in mind. But Garrett Mogg did not show up on the consensus board at all. Right. Um, so, so junior Ajo, I don't think he counts. So that's going to be my sixth. Like he doesn't count. 
Um, but we should you mention a roster exemption in your top five. Yeah. Well, I mean, appropriate, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but here are the guys that, um, either because of a data entry error for me or because not enough people ranked them did not appear among the undrafted rookies on the consensus big board. Uh, Najee Thompson, which Luke Braun explained why that was the case. Garrett Mogg, uh, CJ Colden. Uh, this one surprised me. Cephas, Cephas Johnson didn't show up. Uh, and Wilson Huber, which means that people like um, like Abraham Bowplan. I actually don't know how to pronounce that, but that that seems right. I intuitively I that feels like the correct pronunciation. Abraham Bowplan showed up. He's like five eighties, right? Um, both Alan Ali, Jackie Chen showed up. Malik Knowles, obviously, he showed up. People were kind of familiar with him. Ben Sims showed up. Um, Jalen Williams, uh, I don't think showed up, but I think that was a data entry error for me, so I'm not going to count that. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh, and also uh, Zach Ojile. Uh, Ojile. 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 Um, I'm going to replace Najee. No, I'm going to replace Cephas with Ojile. So that's my five. So my five are uh, Eric Mogg, CJ Colden, Ojile, Wilson Huber, and Najee Thompson with Junior Aho as my roster exemption. I like Cephas it. Johnson's an interesting one too because he was. A, like he only started playing wide receiver like a year and I guess a half ago because it was kind of one where he was doing both and being a, a, a Taysom Hill type at Southeastern Louisiana, which he had to transfer to because he got benched as a quarterback at South Alabama. Like that is an interesting path to get to this point. But to get to the uh, NFL, yeah, that is, yeah. that is, yeah. But it's it's just on the basis of like, man, this guy's really athletic. If we can teach him to play receiver, like it's a very Moritz Boringer kind of thing. Like he doesn't know anything, but maybe if we teach him everything, <laughs> I, he can I'm, be somebody. I'm I'm fascinated too, just by the outlier approach. That if if Quasi wants to find five guys that are body type outliers, position change outliers, um, crazy pace college outliers, like yeah. that, I, I actually like that approach a lot to UDFA because those are darts you're throwing anyway. So why not try to, you know, get that 1% edge and find the guys on the fringes of football. I I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, I think it makes sense. And it kind of matches kind of what the way that Quasi has approached a lot of things, not just with like undrafted free agency, but like Mm -hmm. you take a look at the kinds of free agency signed. It's all, you know, I should say it's all, but like a lot of those guys um, are people that, you know, might be undervalued because they're coming off of a bad year, right? It's not the same as like finding a size outlier or something like that, but it is mm-hmm. the same as like, you know, trying to figure out kind of where the most value available is historically. And it worked out, right? It's Darius Smith coming off of a bad year. The Vikings get something great out of him. Um, obviously he had to trade him, but like that seemed like Marcus Davenport, like that seems to be kind of the approach um, that Quizzy is taking is that being like really aggressive about, you know, when you have um, room to find some margins, attempting to find undervalued players, right? Which is not the same as like, you know, that's not what he's doing in the first, second, or third round. Um, like aggressively, it feels like he's not doing that. But um, it, it is like when you don't have a lot of capital to spend, go for the boom bust type guys. Um, Let's uh, comment below, by the way, training camp sleepers, Mr. Mankato predictions, whatever you want. When you comment, it uh, helps the video, helps other people find the show. Let's end with this, a little four-minute drill on the Daniil Hunter outcome. Is he going to report? 
and what's going to happen with Daniil Hunter. A minute each for everybody. Uh, the four-minute drill and the show. Start the clock. It's time to execute the four-minute drill. One minute on the clock. We go around the horn. Uh, Luke Inman, Daniil Hunter, what's going to happen? Man, I know they're in rebuild mode to a degree, all about resetting this cap, maybe moving on from Kirk Cousins, figuring out the quarterback of the future next year. But at a certain point, you still have to have talent if you plan on being competitive again this year, which they fully do. I can't imagine being okay as a GM and a coach, knowing I just willingly lost Darius Smith and Daniil Hunter in one offseason. I just couldn't fathom that. So I'd be pretty stunned if he wasn't back and pretty disappointed, to be totally honest. I think a deal gets done. I think it happens a few days into camp, like we saw under that Spielman regime with guys like Harrison Smith, Limbaugh Joseph, uh, Kyle Rudolph. There's a couple other big-name veterans that came into camp looking for a new deal as well. That's my hope anyways. Gun to my head, I'm going to say day three, Daniil Hunter locks up a new deal. Day four, he's back in pads out on the field. Okay. Arif. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like there's not much add to to what Luke said. I think that ultimately the Vikings are bereft of talent, especially along the defense. They want to turn that defense around. That's why they fired the defensive coordinator. That's why they brought in so many defensive free agents. Uh, Daniel Hunter is just too good. Right. And I think it would be pretty difficult to get any good value out of trading him. I think that if they were going to trade him, they already would have. Um, I think that uh, ultimately they'll find a way to work out a deal with with Hunter. I don't know if day three, day four. I don't know if I'm going to be as specific as that. But I do think kind of early on in the process, they'll figure out a way to to make sure that the Hunter comes in, especially, you know, if he misses one or two days, you know, that's very clearly showing how much he's willing to do. That's a fifty thousand dollar fine that he's not going to get back. Right. So that's, that's a very committed way of. Of, of demonstrating how serious you are. And I think that the Vikings know um, that they just don't have options. I think that if they wanted to really put the screws to him from a leverage perspective, they would have like signed, you know, a Jadevian Clowney or a Melvin Ingram or something like that. Like I, they, 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 I think they want specifically to work this one out. And I think that's why it gets mm-hmm. done. But what day specifically is he coming back? Or read? <laughs> Six. <laughs> All right, you heard it here first. Got it. Stay six. Uh, Yeah, it it, like the leverage on both sides is very strongly pointing to like it's best for both sides to get a deal done here because I think if Daniil Hunter and his agent have to go start negotiating trade deals and stuff, knowing how much the Vikings are going to demand for Daniil Hunter, like that's just such a hard environment to to operate in. And then on the Vikings side, for reasons that uh, Luke and Reef both said, yeah, like you can't expect to be taken seriously if you enter a season with Marcus Davenport as your best edge rusher by a lot like that just can't be an option but I think for Daniil Hunter because those fines are are so substantial I, I wonder if a hold in is the move where you show up you get you collect your you you skip your fines, but you don't participate. You don't practice. You still get to be with your teammates. You still get to be part of the team and, you know, absorbing walkthrough information and stuff like that. But you're not actually participating until you get that new deal. And I wonder if part of the holdup here is Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. There's kind of this glut of extensions. And I think once one goes, then we'll know that they've figured out the puzzle of how to get everything they want. So then I think every, all the dominoes will fall very quickly. The hope is that that happens in the first week or two of camp. Um, obviously there's a lot of things that need to get done that might have nothing to do with Daniel Hunter might be Justin Jefferson trying to get an extra squeeze an extra bit of value out of this or whatever that that could be a hold up here um but I I think we we see a hold in 
until then. So if, if that means Ooh, Daniel Hunter reports well the first day of camp, then that, I guess, is my guess. Yeah, we're going to find out. Day, fakes a neck injury just to make everyone freak out. Yeah, he'll go up and be like, sorry, I got a tweak. God, I they're going to be like, well, that really makes <laughs> me want to give so you $25 million <laughs> guaranteed. Okay. I, I feel like Daniel Hunter is like underrated funny, right? Like that's something that, that players he? have said. Uh, I've he, never seen, he won't I've never talk seen it. I don't really. know what that. I've never I feel seen like I've that. Heard part people of him at all. say that about him, but we've never seen it because he like won't won't. Be well, I, uh, so I mean, that is kind of uh, if 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 that's what you're hearing, maybe there's something to it because that is what I heard about Eric Kendricks is that he's very sociable, very kind of uh, charismatic. Said it. And uh, Eric Kendricks just did not talk to anybody or make any public appearances for like the first four years of his career. Where like, why does everyone talk about like how gregarious Eric Kendricks yeah. is? I don't get it. And then like, like in his final years of the Vikings, he like opened up a lot. It was all there, everything that people were saying. So maybe that, I just I don't see that, that. quiet I, guy just, funny where you don't say anything for the whole conversation, but the one thing you, you did say was the funniest thing anyone end. said. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I've just never seen whether it's like VEN footage, NFL Films footage some kind of like talking head i've never seen a candid to neil hunter i haven't i can't i don't know if there's evidence of it so and i, and I, I don't see it <laughs> never with a camera in the locker room it's got to be a testimonial from like a player that it can yeah. right. it, that's you realize like how difficult that is right because yeah. you, you people forget that they're mic'd up in nfl games all the time Oh, for sure like that's just a thing that because like why would you remember that it's like the least important detail you could bring yeah. with you into a game mm-hmm Everybody so. avoids them too. Like they're like, oh, it's a fed. <laughs> <laughs> I think a hold in is likely. Um, I also, I, I hesitate or I, I fail to see a world where Daniil gets exactly what he wants. There's going to have to be some serious compromise. And I think the Vikings probably win more than Daniil's camp wins. And, if he had requested a trade, I think we would know about it. I think that gets in the in the news media. So obviously that's not on the table yet. Um, when it might actually be in his best interest financially to have requested that because then another team might give him the extension that the Vikings won't. Seems like they are both trying to work things out. I still think it's going to be a big one-year deal where he gets taken care of this year, hits free agency, and that's very much on Quazy's timeline of just opening up all his options for next offseason. I still predict a one-year deal, uh, but I would love to see two. If it was a two-year deal, I think that would be even a little better. That's still short-term, keeps him around next year, gives you another crack at an extension in the offseason. That would be my hope, and I think something does get done. We'll find out. Probably tomorrow, Veteran Report Day. Um, We're going to find out about probably some injuries, probably some... You know, other absences, contract stuff. Tomorrow's a big day. Quasi talks, KOC talks, and uh, we'll break it all down on the Minnesota Football Party, which is Tuesday with Spinman, Wednesday with Reggie Wilson, and then Thursday, the four of us back together once again. Thanks so much for watching today. Luke, Luke, Arif, great job. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Uh, find us all on Twitter and find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for watching. Training Camp is here. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.